Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Mr. and Mrs. Barker, we officially have ourselves a wedding. How does it feel? I am loving wedding number three. (laughs) I know we will obviously get into every single detail, but just generally speaking, is this what you would have expected, do you think? Okay, so no, but that's only because I was going based off of what they had described wanting, which was essentially like no wedding and very limited, if any, people there. And so I was having a hard time picturing what this Italy wedding was going to look like. Once the pictures of them started to emerge and we started to get a lot of content, it clicked for me that like, we haven't had a Kardashian wedding in so long. Of course, there's going to be this level of opulence. It was still a very intimate event, but it was a Kardashian event. So no, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it felt really right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, we haven't had a Kardashian wedding since Kim and Kanye in 2014, which also coincidentally was in Italy. They also had Andrea Bocelli singing as they walked down the aisle. But yeah, I mean, listen, on a monthly, weekly basis at times, we're seeing birthday parties and baby showers and anniversaries. And they're always very extravagant that I think there was a part of us that have maybe become desensitized to that. But then you remember, oh, this is a wedding and they're going to do it right. So I guess kind of jokes on us because Fucking obviously, what else would it have been? I know this is a kind of ridiculous sentence. Like, believe me, I hear it. (laughs) But I think going based off their other two weddings, it was hard to imagine what this one was going to look like because the other two, the Elvis impersonator and then the Santa Barbara steps were as low key as humanly possible. It didn't even feel like a celebrity was at all involved in them. And so I was having a hard time picturing what their real wedding, quote unquote, was going to be. And then on top of that, again, another ridiculous sentence, Courtney doesn't have any past weddings to go based off of. And then let's not forget, 
there's also talks that there's going to be now a fourth wedding when they're back in LA of like a much more inclusive grand event with all of their friends and family. Which I can't imagine they wouldn't do. I could have imagined it prior to seeing the guest list. Once I saw how many people it seemed like were missing from this one, it was like, of course, they're going to have to do another one. Right. And also because I think they want it. Like I genuinely think they love celebrating their love. And for the actual event, I agree. They wanted to keep it low key. But once the pressure of that is over and they don't need to be exchanging vows, I totally think they want to just go big and invite everyone there to kind of celebrate them. Which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm not hating. It's more content for us. Are you kidding? This was some of the best content we've ever gotten, I think. I want to hold off on discussing the content of it all because I know we both probably have a lot of things to say and I do want to get through all the details. But just one note on what you just said. When you were saying how their past two weddings, meaning Vegas and the steps of the courthouse in Santa Barbara, did not feel at all celebrity-like, one of the reasons that we were saying that is because of how many photos there were. You know, There were paparazzi photos. There were regular people that just so happened to be in Santa Barbara and were snapping photos of them and uploading them in real time. And I think something I was really taken by about this particular event is how much in real time content we were getting. That was a piece of it that I wasn't expecting, which again, I know we'll discuss, but I just had to say that because what you said reminded me. I want to get into that. I have so much to say about that later and so much to say about just the social media aspect alone, because we haven't had that really with a wedding. I know Kim was 2014, but it was just a very different era of social media. Yeah. I mean, Kylie wasn't on TikTok. That alone gave us so much. Don't get me started on Kylie. I'm in a big Kylie phase right now. I think she's back. I think she's back too. We'll get into that. Okay. So as we all know, the wedding was in Portofino, which really is their place. And just a little pop culture anecdote. If you remember, they were vacationing there in August of last year. And that was the trip where we got those photos of them making out in the little boat that Scott then DM'd those photos to Eunice and said, yo, is this chick okay? Bro, like, what is this in the middle of Italy? Eunice then posted those DMs on his story, and we all know how that went. I mean, it was even discussed on this season of The Kardashians, but just a little anecdote there to put that all into perspective. We also can't forget what a big deal it was for Travis to be there in the first place. This was only the second time that he had flown after his accident. The first time was to Mexico with Courtney. And so him being overseas and conquering this fear of his, to see him in Italy was such a huge deal. And so it really became their place together after that. It's always been Courtney's place. I think we've always had a really strong association of Courtney and her family doing these trips there and Chris being there on, on Tommy and D Hilfiger's yacht. And so it's funny though, because it really has become Courtney and Travis's place. It was always Courtney's place, but there was never an association of Courtney and Scott there. No, which I'm sure she's probably thrilled about. Yeah, their place was like Miami. (laughs) I know. The other thing about that when you zoom out for a second, because like you said, August of last year was the second time he had ever traveled since the accident. He probably never in his wildest dreams considered the fact that he was going to have a wedding in Europe. I mean, just to get there was a foreign thought to him, first of all. And second of all, Courtney never thought she was going to have a wedding. So there are just so many elements to this that on one hand makes so much sense at the same time. It's like, how did we get here? I know. And also Alabama, Travis's daughter developed a really big fear of flying because of her dad. And so for her to conquer that along the way as well was a huge deal. Totally. 
So this was really a three-day affair because Friday was kind of the arrival and dinner party. Saturday was this lunch reception at this beautiful fishing village that was only reachable by sea or by foot. And then Sunday was the full wedding day. So in terms of the guests, there were reportedly about 50 or so people there. We don't have all of the names, but I'm going to read you who 100% confirmed was there. Chris, Kim and North, Chloe alone, Kendall and Devin, Kylie with Stormy, no Travis, Obviously, Courtney and Travis's kids. It was Mason, Penelope, Rain, Atiana, Alabama, and Landon. And then also Landon's best friend, Carl Dawson, whose Instagram handle is at KingCarlX because he was posting a lot of good content. MGK and Megan Fox. Lil Huddy, who is Landon's best friend, but also for anyone unfamiliar, he's a very famous TikToker. And I think we were all kind of shocked to see him there. I guess we expected if there was going to be a TikToker, it would be Addison. Mark Hoppus, Travis's bandmate, and his wife, Sky, Simon and Phil, Steph Shep, Ali Rizzo and Scott Sardiano, Sarah Howard, and Courtney stylist, Danny Michelle. So again, there were more people there, but those are confirmed so far who we know for a fact. In terms of who was noticeably missing, Corey wasn't there. Like there's not one photo of Corey there. And to me, the only possible explanation for that is either COVID or his passport being expired, but there's no way it's his passport because they knew this was happening. And you can get a one-day passport. He would have been able to make it. It has to be COVID-related would be my guess. I really can't think of anything else. I mean, listen, the other possible explanation is that something happened with him and Chris and they're broken up. I just do not foresee a world in which that's the case. So my vote's on COVID, but I guess we'll find out. I don't believe so because I saw somebody had posted with Chris and in the caption said, just missing Corey. And if they had broken up, they wouldn't have posted that. Yeah, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. I really think it was COVID. I'm not saying Rob wasn't there, but I am saying I did not see one photo of him. I have to imagine he was there. I would have expected to see, not like a direct head-on photo, but I would have expected to maybe be able to tell from the background of something if he was there or not, and I haven't seen anything. But again, I cannot imagine him missing his sister's wedding. I honestly do not know, but I haven't seen any photos of him. MJ wasn't there, which I have to imagine is just for logistical reasons. You know, where they're walking, especially in that part of Italy, it's very, very hard to get around. And I think, I mean, listen, I'm sure Courtney would have wanted her when they were actually getting married in Santa Barbara anyway, but I'm sure that's one of the reasons that it was so important for Courtney that MJ was there for that because she probably knew she wouldn't be at the Italy celebration. Yeah, that was my thought too. The same thing with Cece because she wasn't there as well. And my guess is that it was just difficult to get around. Travis Scott, I didn't see. Tristan wasn't there. So I'll say a prayer for that one. Caitlin, I didn't see. Harry Hudson, I didn't see. Malika and Khadija, I didn't see. And I was absolutely shocked by that. I was shocked that Chloe didn't have Malika there as like her quote date. Yeah, me too. Addison wasn't there, Adrian Bailone, Jen Atkin, Allison Statter. The list goes on in terms of other people we maybe would have expected. But again, most likely there will be an LA celebration that they'll be there for. I guess the only ones I was shocked by were Rob, and again, he could be there. Harry Hudson, and again, he could have been there. And then Malika and Khadija. Yeah, those are the people I was most surprised about as well. I wasn't shocked to not see Addison there. I feel like they've drifted over the past year or so. I was surprised to see Lil Huddy there only because as we were going through all of those names, I feel like if I was Malika or Khadija, for example, I'd be like, what the fuck is Lil Huddy doing there? And I'm not. But (laughs) there is a lot of relation to Lil Huddy with the family. He's best friends with Landon. I believe he signed with Travis and does a lot of work with him musically. So it's not the most shocking thing that he was there, but it was definitely surprising when you compare it to the people who were not. Well, I mean, just to go down the TikTok rabbit hole for one second, what the fuck is Lil Huddy doing there and not Jaden? 
that was a question that I had, but maybe Jaden couldn't be there. Right. Who knows? Also, of course, Pete wasn't there, but that's because it was his farewell SNL episode. And I don't think he was missing that for the world. So that has to be the only reason because I think in any other world, he would be right next to Kim for the entire thing. I really thought that he was going to make it by Sunday. That was the expectation I had. Oh, you did? Yeah. I I mean, maybe I was just dreaming, but I had this thought of like Pete leaving SNL, immediately getting on a plane and making it over to Italy to be there in time for the actual wedding. It wouldn't have been the craziest thing. I mean, the internet would have gone absolutely wild, but I'm sure Kim said to him, listen, I know it's a lot for one day. It's not worth it. You know, just take in your last weekend. Like, (laughs) can't you imagine that conversation? Yeah, and I also think it had a lot to do with the fact that North was kind of Kim's date for the event, and it probably made her feel really special for it to just be her and her mom and not to have Pete there. And so I'm sure Kim wanted to do that for North as well. Totally. Also, the wedding was officiated by Chad Veach, who's a longtime friend of the family. He's an evangelical pastor. And if you heard his name and it sounded familiar, it's because he's very close with Bieber. And he didn't officiate Bieber's wedding. It was officiated by Carl Lentz. That was before all of those cheating rumors had gone on. But he is kind of like Bieber's spiritual advisor. He went with him on his purpose tour. So he's very well known in the Hollywood scene. So it was absolutely no surprise at all that he was the one officiating. Yeah, no surprise. In terms of where everyone stayed, this is according to People, apparently there were two super yachts and then one kind of villa complex. So the first yacht was Regina d'Italia, and this was apparently sold by Dolce & Gabbana in 2019. It's 65 meters, around 60 million. The second one, the Fatima, apparently still owned by Dolce & Gabbana, slightly smaller, around 35 meters. And so apparently the first yacht holds around 14 guests. The second yacht holds around 10 guests. And then they had the remaining guests in this villa complex also owned by Dolce & Gabbana, which I guess now would be a good time to get into the fact that this wedding really was a Dolce & Gabbana affair. And I don't just mean that in the traditional sense, which is that they dressed Courtney and Travis and the family and seemingly a majority of the wedding guests. On top of that, I mean, every aspect of this wedding was infused with Dolce & Gabbana. The guests were staying at their residences. Even the boats that they were taking from place to place were Dolce & Gabbana boats. I mean, they really put on this wedding. It was almost like they replaced Mindy Weiss is almost how it felt. And I don't know the logistics in terms of how this worked from a financial or almost sponsorship lens, but it was heavy, heavy involvement. And Clearly, I mean, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this because for a while now, Dolce & Gabbana has been a controversial brand. They've There's been homophobic and racial and misogynistic incidents over the years. I mean, back, I think it was in 2015, Elton John called for a boycott of the brand after Stefano Gabbana called IVF babies, quote, synthetic. So there's definitely a lot of controversy and there always has been any time the Kardashians or other celebrities work with them. But I think because this wedding felt so in collaboration with them, it, it pissed a lot of people off, you know. And in addition, Stefano Gabbana has been known for just some misogynistic tendencies. I remember he famously called Selena Gomez ugly publicly on Instagram. And even as recently as a few years ago, there was a photo of the Kardashians that he commented on saying, you know, the cheapest people in the world. So somehow in the last five or so years, I guess that has been mended and they are now in admiration of him and this brand, but it was very, very controversial. And I don't think that can be ignored. No, it definitely can't be. And I don't know the specifics of this at all. And I don't even know if it's potential differentiation between the two. But the only question I had was whether this was more heavily involved with Dolce rather than Gabbana. And I know when you're a brand like that, you're Dolce and Gabbana. You don't get to separate the two. 
Like it was a controversial brand. It was a very controversial decision. I understand why people would be annoyed by that, but I am curious just in terms of familial relationships, if there is a differentiation between Dolce and Gabbana. Right. I mean, from a strictly stylistic perspective, I do feel that the Dolce and Gabbana aesthetic really fits Courtney and Travis. But I guess I'm saying that the controversy surrounding it didn't come out of nowhere. It's not like the Kardashians decided to work with Dolce & Gabbana and now people are pissed, which does happen with a lot of things the Kardashians do. It's just because it's them. That's not the case here. You know, they've been under fire for years now. And I think that a lot of celebrities that choose to work with them so closely do get criticized for that. So this did not come out of nowhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so Courtney's dress was this one-of-a-kind lace and satin corset mini dress. It was inspired by 1960s Italian lingerie, and she had this long veil that on it had embroidered a depiction of the Virgin Mary with the words, family, loyalty, respect, which is exactly the tattoo that Travis has on the top of his head. And when people put those two things together, because when I initially saw it, I just thought it was the Virgin Mary. I didn't put it together that it was exactly Travis's tattoo, made so much sense to me. 
I love those little details. Like that is the information that I live for. Like, give me that. Give me those small little additions that don't take away from the beauty of the dress or the beauty of the veil, the beauty of everything, but adds just that small personal touch. The ability to do that and incorporate it in such a seamless yet personal and emotional way, that's my favorite thing. Me too. And the other thing I wanted to mention is I know a lot of people were kind of maybe confused or surprised as to how religious this affair seemed. And the thing you have to remember is in addition to Travis being a devout Catholic, the Kardashian family is very, very religious. It's something that they've always spoken about being highly important to them. I remember Kim saying in an interview a while back that they start every day by Chris sending a Bible verse in their group chat and they all talk about it together. You know, this is not something that feels performative. I genuinely think it's something very, very important to them. So that aspect of it was not at all surprising to me. No, it wasn't. It had the feel of like the Met Gala Heavenly Bodies theme. Like that's what I kept thinking of when I was viewing all of this content. Yes, so much. For example, Kim could have worn that gold Versace gown she wore to this wedding and she would have fed in perfectly. I almost wish she could have. I, I, I mean, you know how I feel about Met Gala Heavenly Bodies. I think it was the greatest event of all time. Nothing will ever top it. And so to see it even slightly incorporated into their wedding, even though it wasn't purposeful, I was like, yes, we're getting around too. So in terms of other details, like I said, Andrea Bocelli performed while the wedding party came down the stairs. DJ Cassidy DJed the after party. Chris walked Courtney down the aisle. Penelope was the flower girl. And Rain was the ring bearer in the cutest little outfit you have ever seen. He was so adorable. One of the cutest things I've ever seen. The star of the show, truly. I know. Atiana and Alabama were bridesmaids along with the sisters. And we'll get into more of the other social media content that happened, but in terms of the details of the actual wedding. You know, I have to say that when I was seeing the photos throughout the weekend, not the ones that they were posting, but like the paparazzi photos or the videos of them walking through the streets, Kim walking through in like these vintage gowns barefoot through the streets of Portofino, I was like, this is it. Like this is the content that I only could have dreamed of. Kim and North together are a fashion duo like no other. North fucking brought her A-game to this event. I feel like she looked at those outfits and they were approved by her. You could just tell. And also something that I want to talk about maybe every single minute until the day I die is Kim wearing her hair up. She never looks more regal than when she has her hair like that. And remember, that's what we said when she wore it to the Hulu premiere in that new glare silver dress. You know how I know Kim looks her fucking best with her hair up? Because you agree. And you never say that about anybody. I know. That is so true. (laughs) I love just like hair down, the wavy. I love that whole thing. And it's so true. I mean, she's just like, I don't know how to really explain it. She's like another level of of human being. You know how like... (laughs) Our moms always say, or like grandparents always say, like, why don't you put your hair up? Like, pull your hair off of your face. Like, show your face a little. I feel like every time I see Kim with her hair up, I turn into my mom. I'm like, yes, I love when you pull your hair off of your face a little. Let it show. Yes, it's like my grandpa saying to me when I was little, oh, Shayna Punham. <laughs> yep, always. <laughs> my grandparents saying to me now every time. Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention before we get into the actual social media content is there was a lot of videos taken just by fans and by paparazzi as they were walking out. And you see the kids are really vocal about hating getting their picture taken. And I know 
it just comes with the territory. I get it. There was no way that the entire Kardashian family was going to be in Portofino walking through those streets and they weren't going to be hounded. But it just makes me so sad. You know, like the kids didn't sign up for this. I know that the family did and it's part of it, but it just sucks. Like I, I know the counter argument is they are reaping the benefits of being that famous and probably if given the option, they wouldn't trade it. But I just can't imagine being a kid, like specifically at Alabama's age, you know, when you're like 15, 16 years old and you're just still trying to become comfortable in your own body, just have a camera following you. Like you're just trying to celebrate your dad. I, I, I don't know. I know it's that ship has really sailed, but there was a video of Mason specifically where you could tell he was just pissed and it just made me sad on his behalf. Well, it was interesting because when Mason walked by in one of those videos, he kind of put his hand up to push the camera away and said, I have an eye condition, I have an eye condition. And so that was, you know, it's funny, like there has been a lot of conversation about Mason and him being in pictures and him being at events. And I'm not going to speculate on that because like if a child is having a hard time with his parents getting married, it's no reason for us to sit here on a podcast and be like, well, maybe it's this, like no reason for that. But it was interesting to hear him walk by cameras and have a very specific reaction to seeing those in his face. Right. I had never heard that before. I mean, I guess to your earlier point, we just haven't seen a lot of Mason recently. So I, you know, we have no idea as to where his head's at about the whole thing. Right. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's dot com promo code CELEBS. I don't know if this story is still up. This morning, Isabel had sent us Danny Michelle, who's Courtney's stylist story. And it was all of the different racks and it had everyone's name on it. So Penelope, Chris, Stormy, Kim, everyone. And in general, I, I would say that I'm always kind of in awe of the way that their stylists work because there's so much that goes into it. But specifically given the fact that this was in Italy, in Portofino, I mean, it wasn't quite Venice in the sense that it was like only water, but 
if you've ever been there, you know it is not that easy to get around. And so I was just thinking of the logistics that had to have gone into planning this. And I know some of it was made easier by the fact that, you know, this was kind of like a D&G event. So they had their residences and I'm sure they had their internal team to coordinate. But to get even 50 people, which I know we were saying earlier, 50 is a small number. 50 becomes a massive number when you're thinking about how to get everyone to their specific location and you know, not ruin the dresses along the way. Like I was thinking of Steph Shep's story when she was taking the boat ride and all of a sudden she got soaked. You know, you're just dealing with very, very different conditions than if the wedding's at Hotel Bel Air and you just have to take an escalade from Calabasas. Like we are in a totally different ballgame here. And I just have so much respect and admiration for the patience and care that had to go into the team, the assistants, the event planners, whoever it was that was really making all of these little things happen. It really was an event where you could tell every single little detail was taken care of. Details that you don't even think of were taken care of. And so what was interesting about it also is usually when you have a celebrity wedding of this magnitude, you know, you see a couple of behind the scenes things and you see a couple of paparazzi shots. And then you really have to wait for the articles to come out throughout the week to give you those details of the things that you didn't get to see. Something that was really special about this wedding was that we were getting all of this. It wasn't like you were waiting for details to emerge. Anytime that you saw a picture, there was a detail accompanying it, where they were going for lunch, where the dinner was, what they were doing during the day on Saturday, where the wedding was taking place, where the reception was taking place, like where the after party was, like every single tiny thing you were getting from either a paparazzi shot that was released, insider information, or, and mostly social media content from people that were actually there. And so I can't say that we've ever fully, and I could be wrong about this. There could have been other celebrity weddings that were this grand and, you know, this involved from behind the scenes. But in my mind, from my memory, I can't think of anything where we got social media to play as heavy as a role in this as we did. Even Justin and Haley's wedding, I feel like we were really on top of everything that was happening, but I didn't feel as in real time as this did. Right. But specifically Kardashians, I mean, they have said they very rarely post in real time and it's intentional. It's, you know, very much a safety concern. I think Courtney spoke about that a few years ago, how she stopped doing that after it kind of got a little scary. I guess this was different because everyone knew they were going to be in Italy and it was just a different kind of circumstance, but no, I was not expecting to get the content that we got. And let me tell you, Kylie and Alabama, hands down MVP, because the shit they gave us was almost as if we wrote a wish list ourselves. Kylie in Alabama, aside from giving us the content, I think they, I think they are versions of each other. Like that's really how I view Alabama. I'm like, you're the next gang Kylie. And that is the highest compliment I could bestow onto someone. It's so funny because I saw, I think it was a tweet of someone saying that people are freaking out over the fact that Penelope's hair is red for the wedding. And they're like, clearly you forgot about Kylie's hair being blue for Kim's wedding, which I for one did not forget because that was peak King Kylie era. And you remember Kim was not pleased with that decision and Kylie was unwilling to make that change. And so it's just so funny now, you know what, eight years later to watch that. Penelope's hair being red made perfect sense. It was so on theme. It was so adorable. She looked absolutely beautiful. Kylie's hair being blue for Kim's wedding haunts me every single day. Let me tell you something. The only person that haunts more than you is Kim because I think she still thinks about that to this day. I think that if I were with Kim and I said to her, can I be honest with you? I think that you should have pushed harder for Kylie to change her hair for the wedding. I think she would feel a lot of comfort in that statement. I think she would be very happy that there was another person in her life that never <laughs> let that go either. 
Yeah, it's kind of like when we say to her that we think her reaction to losing the earring actually made so much sense because if she didn't react, it would have felt highly more tone deaf that she was just chill about losing a $75,000 earring. Exactly, exactly. We will die on that motherfucking hill. (laughs) Uh, Literally find me up there. (laughs) I want to talk about Kylie and social media for a second because I feel like she is back. Every time she posts on TikTok, the comment sections are flooded with people saying like, King Kylie era is back. This is so King Kylie. And I really feel that way. And I want Kylie to know like, that was the era that made you fucking embrace that shit. Okay, but Julie, I think she knows. Remember how we were saying that Courtney really started to be aware of the fact that it was her audios that were going so viral on TikTok and now this whole new generation was understanding like some of her more iconic lines and you could tell she was going with it. That's how I feel Kylie is now because her start to TikTok, okay, we didn't fully know, but then she started doing the audios of the family. She started doing shit with Stas, and now she is just leaning into it. And I think that she's going to quickly realize how warm of a welcome this has. And if you look, like her friend group is Stas and her friends, and they're into it heavy. So I totally think Kylie's going to continue leaning into this. And it is so humanizing and so fun. Something that I've picked up on very recently is that. TikTok is much more indulgent in the Kardashians than Instagram is. TikTok really, I feel like, has a very different understanding and appreciation for the Kardashians being icons. And I think one of the reasons for that is the age on TikTok obviously skews a lot younger, whereas Instagram skews a little bit higher. And so one of the things that happens is that the people who are on Instagram were introduced to the Kardashians when they first came onto the scene. And obviously there's a lot of support for Kardashians on Instagram. Do not get me wrong. But because of the age difference, the people who were introduced to them when they first came on the scene, as we've discussed, are always the people that have a little bit more negative feelings towards them. The TikTok crowd were introduced to them kind of during the King Kylie era and a little bit before. So Kardashians being icons have always been a thing in their mind for the most part. And they really lean into that. And so I think that the entire family actually could have a lot of success on TikTok, but specifically Kylie, because that's her fan base. No, I know it is, and she's leaning into it. I think one of the best examples of that is she posted a video with her and Kendall, and the caption was, me and Cucumber Girl. So obviously that was a reference to last week's Kardashian episode where Kendall just got fucking wrecked for the way that she was cutting that cucumber. But I find it really interesting that Kylie is the one that then took that and made a play on it, whereas unless I'm wrong, Kendall's only response was quote tweeting a tweet that said like, the way Kendall cuts a cucumber is the most tragic thing I've seen in my life. And she responded like, tragic exclamation point. Whereas she didn't lean into it to make it a joke as much as she could have. It was Kylie that almost took that moment and ran with it. Kylie is funny. That's the thing that people forget. Kylie has a very good sense of humor and is so likable at times. This is what we were just talking about with Kardashians. When we were watching that episode where they were driving to Courtney and Travis's proposal and they stopped at In-N-Out and they were just having so much fun together, we all had this collective reaction of like, yes, this is the Kylie we want to see. So when she's posting little jokes about Kendall being cucumber girl or when she's using the TikTok audios that her family made, That's when Kylie is her most likable self. And so to see her posting in real time from this wedding with funny captions or videos of Kim and just getting back into that social media era that we love about Kylie so much, that's her. Like that's when it all comes back where you're reminded of the Kylie that you fell in love with in 2014 in the King Kylie era. 
Yeah. And by the way, to get a video of Kim dancing, (laughs) I don't think people realize how rare that content is. We actually got two of those. Right. But only one of them was posted by Kylie and, and Kim posted the other one and said like, they caught me dancing and it was her and North. And I think that part of that is just the energy that Kim gives off now that she's a mom, you know, like she's going to prioritize the fact that North wants to dance with her over the fact that she absolutely hates dancing publicly, you know, whereas like years ago, pre being a mom, I don't think anything was going to get her to dance, but if there's something that's going to get her to dance, it's going to be North. Exactly. Also, we have been saying that there is definitely a lightness to Kim since she started dating Pete that we've very clearly seen. It is very, very apparent that a lot of the overthinking about how she was perceived in every single day, every single second that Kanye kind of brought on, we see that kind of dissipating a little. And what's interesting about that is that that was her whole thing with Kanye, where it was like, why do you care what people think? Say whatever you want, do whatever you want, who cares? But then at the end of the day, everything about the way that Kim dressed, everything about how she was perceived, Kanye was so on top of that. So it's almost these two competing ideas with Kim where she feels a little bit free of both of those things right now. Oh, totally. I mean, Julie, when I saw that Kim posted a solo grid post of her hot pink nails with the letter P on her ring finger, (laughs) fuck me up. First of all, this was taken on her plane and it was posted on Sunday night. So unless this was a picture from before that she just decided to post, this means that she, after the wedding, since she had neutral nails for the wedding, decided to get an in-flight manicure or in-room manicure to make sure that she came home to see Pete with hot pig nails and a pee. I'm sorry, like you guys realize that content? Are you trying to take me out right now? I know, like I had to narrate it to really make sure that we all understood what was going on here. I am so excited to say that this segment is brought to you by Disney Plus for their new film, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So this is kind of a hybrid live action CGI animated action comedy. And it's really a comeback 30 years in the making because we're catching up with Chip and Dale, who are former Disney afternoon TV stars in modern day LA. And before I get into the plot, let me just tell you, this is a star-studded cast. It's John Mulaney as Chip, Andy Samberg as Dale, Kiki Lane, Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Flula Borg, Dennis Haysbert, Keegan-Michael Key, Tress McNeil, Tim Robinson, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons. Like, it is stacked. And so Chip and Dale are living amongst cartoons and humans in modern-day LA, but their lives are totally different than the last time they saw each other. So the backstory here is they became best friends when they were kids in school, and they eventually moved to LA to really pursue their Hollywood dreams. And in the beginning, it was rough. Like, it was absolutely a struggle. They had a lot of side gigs. They were working to kind of get their big break. I don't think either of them really thought that it was going to happen. And then finally, it comes when Disney cast them in their own show, Rescue Rangers, which aired on the Disney Channel from 1989 to 1990. And at the time, they were living big. Like whatever you would think is the height of Hollywood fame and extravagance, that's what they were doing. Dale always says, we were living high on the hog, dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. And that's what it was. Like they were living the life. And during the height of Rescue Rangers popularity, what happened is Dale got offered to star as a spy in what would be his second show, Double a Dale. So he sighs onto this series, which... There was some bad blood there. Like, I don't know the full details, but apparently there was some drama going on with Chip and Dale. I think that there was some natural jealousy, animosity. There was some behind the scenes stuff that went on. And 
Dale signs onto the show, and then not only is Rescue Rangers not renewed, but Double a Dale never saw the light of day. It was canceled before the pilot even aired. There was something with his agent. We don't really know the full story there. Anyway, Chip is no longer in the industry. He has a day job, lives with his dog, like kind of off the grid. And Dale is still an actor. He's living in LA. He's booking these smaller gigs. He just had the CGI surgery, which there's some speculation about which Beverly Hills plastic surgeon he went to. I'm not so sure, but they turned him from a 2D tune to a 3D tune. And now one of their former castmates has mysteriously disappeared and Chip and Dale have to come back together to kind of not only repair their broken friendship, but also take on their rescue rangers, detective personas to save their friend's life, which I should just add, this is not the first cartoon that has gone missing. Flounder from The Little Mermaid, Gus Gus from Disney's animated Cinderella. So who knows where they are, but Chip and Dale are basically working together to figure it out. It's just great. It's a feel-good time. You guys are going to love it. Do not forget Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, an original movie streaming now only on Disney+. Plus. Seeing that pop up, was the second craziest thing to pop up on my feed this weekend because I have to tell you, Em, when I got that notification, Alabama Barker is now live, I genuinely sat there for a full minute thinking like, what have we done to deserve this? Live at the wedding, at the after party? Has that ever happened before? That was unbelievable. And you saw, I mean, she did a lot, but there was a video of Courtney and Travis dancing and you could see that they were putting on their custom Mr. and Mrs. Barker jackets and Alabama's like moving Courtney's veil so you can fully see it. It was just good, good behind the scenes. She knew what we wanted. Alabama Pulitzer Prize winner when? <laughs> yes. Also the moment that I don't think was live stream, but this was on Alabama's story of Travis taking off Courtney's garter with his teeth. And and I should also mention, I think people were maybe surprised to see her in white because they really thought that she was going to do black. So then for her to change into that other satin black corseted mini dress, it just made so much sense. It was like both aspects of what she could have wanted in her wedding combined into one. Oh, absolutely. I knew she wasn't going to wear black for the actual ceremony, but then for her to change into it, I was like, this is perfect. Let's not forget also that apparently this wedding happened extremely coincidentally, I would add on World's Goth Day, which felt very on theme for the two of them. No way. How'd you know that? You looked it up? You didn't see it? It was all over. No, I didn't see that. That's so funny. Oh my God. Everyone was posting like, Courtney and Travis getting married on World's Goth Day is perfect. They probably had no idea, but that is so funny. They were probably so excited when they found that. I can so picture Courtney turning to Travis and going, babe, we're getting married on World's Goth Day. Did you know that? And he's like, babe, that is such a blessing. That is such a sign. How many times a day do you think they say babe? Somewhere around 70, I would estimate. Also, not to talk about this now, but I just wanted to say, because I didn't even discuss this with you, I watched his Architectural Digest, where she's in it for a little. The internet made it seem like she was in it for a lot longer than she was. She was really just in it for like 45 seconds. But I really honestly feel like I have a very full understanding of Travis Barker at this point. I've watched enough interviews. I've watched Meet the Barkers. I understand the way he operates. And- It just makes sense. Like, they just make a lot of sense together. Can I tell you what I did after I watched the ARC Digest tour? Mm. I watched Travis's old episode of MTV Cribs. Oh, how was that? How how would you say that he was different? Oh, he was so different. This was pre-kids. So you're looking at an entirely different person, a much younger person who is just like 
emerged into this rock star lifestyle, but also just had money now to buy a home, which she was clearly very excited about. But the one thing that was very consistent that I thought was funny was in this episode of the Arc Digest tour, he talks about how important Cadillacs are to him. He's like, I've had an Escalade every year since they've came out. Um, I have Cadillac, you know, tattooed down my rib cage. In the MTV Cribs episode, he says, you know, all of these people on MTV Cribs are always t- coming on and talking about the cars they have, like the Beamers, the Bentleys, whatever. He's like, I am a Cadillac guy. And I was like, you have not changed in one very specific way. And I love to see that. That is so funny. I want to watch that episode now. I'm going to put the link in the description in case anyone else wants to. But he was saying that in the Architectural Digest thing. Like he was talking about the Project X type parties that he used to throw in his backyard. And he was like, I had a lot of fun, but I like this life so much more. You can tell that he really, really calmed down. And even, I mean, if you guys watch the video, you saw he basically said to the designer, Waldo Fernandez, like, I'm going away for a year and you do your thing. And he literally gave up pretty much full creative control. This was at the suggestion of Chris, because obviously Waldo's been involved with a lot of their homes. And it just transformed the place into like this very Zen paradise. And he said, I'm traveling so much that I needed to come home and just feel that. And you can tell he really, really does. My biggest takeaway from the Arc Digest tour was just that Every single thing that Travis does and everything he talks about in regard to his home specifically is through the lens of his children. Like when he talks about when he first bought the house and it's all about his kids growing up in the house and how they used to ride bikes in the house. And this is where Alabama learned to swim and all of his kids learned to swim in this pool. Like everything is so through that lens. And that's exactly how Courtney is. Like Everything with Courtney is through the lens of her kids. And so to see them come together and combine that, and you can even see when Travis goes to the house, he's like, this is where Mason sits. This is where Penelope sits. This is where Rainey sits. Like you can see him so taking on that role of step parent to Courtney's kids in such a special way. And he is so excited to do that and excited for his home to also be a home that becomes really familiar to them. And we've always had that conversation about like, wow, these two people love their homes so much. They're right down the street from each other. I wonder what they're going to do. It seems to me right now that they're probably going to spend a little bit more time at Travis's house, which I was actually a little bit surprised about, but I love Travis's home. So I'm kind of happy about that. And then eventually (laughs) they'll maybe move on to to one where they combine. But it does seem very Travis's house empty. Now what? I'm just like dying because same. Like as I'm watching that, I'm like, yeah, it does seem like they're going to spend a lot of time there. I mean, he even said that he's going to make the recording studio into bunk beds so that the kids feel comfortable. And I'm like, why am I happy about that? What the fuck does it matter to me if they're staying at Courtney's house or if they're staying at Travis's? But for me, comparing the two houses, I just like Travis's better. And I also think it's unique that it's a ranch. There's something so nice about a ranch style. Not to say Courtney's you know, staircases and grand and beautiful, but I feel so Zen and Travis is like when he was talking, I was buying what he was selling. I was like, I'd love to sit there and, you know, be made a matcha and just look at the backyard. Maybe I'm projecting because I live in a walk up, but like when Travis was like, yeah, there's no stairs. I was like, that's a beautiful life. Like I would, I would love to have that life. <laughs> I think you would love that. I think, I mean, listen, it's a, what's unique about it is that it's a 10,000 square foot ranch. It's not like they're living on top of one another, which I know sometimes I just remember growing up, like some of my friends that lived in ranch houses, they felt like their parents could hear their conversations and they'd be on the phone. Like I vividly remember talking on the phone with my friends and they'd be like, hold on, I have to go outside. Whereas for me, I'd go upstairs, but clearly that is not an issue when you're living in that large of a home. Very much not an issue. Yeah. 
Anyway, I don't know how we got here. We didn't even talk about Chloe's crown. Like we're having this whole episode and didn't even give kudos to Chloe, who just looked so glowing. And I know some of the outfits were a little over the top, but who gives a shit? She was having the time of her life. Wait, I actually, this is funny because we did get a lot of inboxes about this of people not liking certain outfits, feeling like it was too, I did not feel that way at any point. I literally, every single outfit that they had on the entire family, I was like, love that. Love it. So on theme. Chloe in leopard print is one of my favorite things in the entire world. It makes me feel like old Chloe and her personality is there. Like she's wearing her old personality. It just makes me happy. I loved the outfits. I loved seeing them walk around Italy in these. Like there was something just so grand about it. I like them too. Even the ones that I didn't personally like, like for example, the first night when Kendall was wearing the strapless black satin with that red cross necklace, it wasn't my favorite dress in the world, but I got it. I thought she looked great. I mean, what she wore to the day of the actual wedding, that was Kim vibes in terms of just the regal nature of her hair and the entire look and some of the vintage. I mean, the whole thing was just beyond, but yeah, I was, I was into the way that it ended up looking. Me too. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So in addition to Kim posting that photo of her hopping nails with a P on the ring finger, which I know we were all just taken out by, not a story, by the way, a full-blown grid post, she also did a collage on her story of all different photos of Pete throughout his time on SNL. And in the middle, there's him wearing the red hat and it reads goodbye SNL. But that actual photo of him was when he was wearing the hat that said, make Kanye 2006 again. So I guess she photoshopped it to goodbye SNL, which is a very her move to kind of like keep the peace, not ruffle any feathers, but still want to pay tribute to her man. 
but I loved that little detail. I know it was such a small gesture for her to post that collage. It was just something about seeing her support him in that way that just felt wholesome. You know what I mean? Like he ended this career on SNL. He had an incredible run. It was a really important place to him. It obviously changed the entire trajectory of his life. They would not be dating right now if it wasn't for Pete being on SNL. And so for Kim to post this like cute little collage of her man throughout the years on this show, just, I don't know. It just felt like so adorably supportive to me, even though it was such a small and obvious gesture. I get it. I'm still surprised by these things that at this point, I guess, shouldn't feel surprising, especially because we know something about Kim is she goes hard for her people and specifically the person that she's with or the person that she's dating. But I think the thing that we kind of forget about all of this, because, you know, in our eyes, it's like Kim is dating Pete. And even when we were talking about it at the Met Gala, like it made sense that they were together, but it was clearly her moment. And he must just wake up in a constant state of, holy shit, I'm dating Kim Kardashian. And I still believe all of that to be true. But as we saw on the episode when she was doing SNL, she has a real respect to the program. And I think just in general to comedy. So we have to also approach it from that angle, which is I do believe Kim has a genuine respect for Pete's career that she would have regardless of whether or not she's dating him. Like now she has that on top of, an adoration for him as a person and a romantic interest. But just generally speaking, like, I think if she didn't know him personally and just saw, oh, Pete Davidson is leaving SNL, I think, no, she's not going to post a collage. But I still think she would note it in her mind, you know, that that's a big deal. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's funny, like, Pete was going to leave SNL anyway. If it wasn't this season, it would have been next. This is something that's been spoken about for a very long time. This did not come as a surprise to anybody. This was extremely, extremely expected. But there is something so full circle about P and Kim connecting when she had this huge hosting of SNL, and then they start dating, and then he leaves. It just feels very full circle. I know it does. And I think it does for her as well, which also just in terms of leaving SNL, I know this wasn't what we were really going to talk about, but of course has to be mentioned, Kate McKinnon, Kyle Mooney, and A.D. Bryan are all leaving along with Pete, which is a very big deal. I mean, Kate McKinnon, even Pete said in his farewell thing, you know, to think that I could ever be even in, in her presence was a big deal. No, it's it's crazy. It reminds me of the year when you know, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, they all left and it was a whole new rebirth of SNL. And that was kind of one of the, you know, moments that paved the way for Pete and Kate McKinnon to come on. And so it's this constant changing of new generations. But I always think about Pete's history on SNL because, I mean, talk about having one hell of a run. He came in as just this nameless comedian. And he says when he came on Weekend Update as his farewell to SNL that, Lauren Michaels said to him when he auditioned, you know, I don't think you're right on the show, but let's screw this up together. And for that to be the start of what ended up being the trajectory of Pete's life, which is becoming one of the most famous comedians, one of the people who have the most like infamous dating track record in history, to him ending SNL by dating Kim Kardashian, the most famous woman in the world. Of course, his career isn't about the women that he dates, although I call it a point for feminism that it kind of is, but- <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, talk about a career, talk about a starting point and an ending point on a show and the career that's going to come from it. It's it's unbelievable to watch. No, I know it is. And to be able to experience it additionally through Kim's eyes is just very, very exciting. I, I, I'm still thinking about that story and I'm going to still revisit it because the other thing you have, guys have to remember is like, for her to have, 
itself. I, I'm laughing at myself as I hear myself say this. For her to have long, hot pink nails in general is clearly indicative that she's in a different phase of her life because that was just not going to happen in the Kanye era. So then for it to be that plus a P on the ring finger, I'm sorry, <laughs> Julie, it's a big deal. And I don't care how bizarre it sounds to say it. No, Kim having a bedazzled P on her ring finger on her long, hot pink nails, Kim is in her high school senior era. Like she is <laughs> she, dating, she is dating the captain of the football team. Right, exactly. She's wearing his jersey to the biggest home game of the year. No different than her wearing a P on her nails for Pete's SNL. It just makes sense. And I'm fucking living for it personally. I don't know about how anybody else feels. I'm living for it. Who do you think is the next Kardashian wedding? Is it Devin and Kendall? Hmm. We will get no content from that. We won't even know what happened until after. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, at this point, yeah, unless Chris and Corey decide to get married. Oh, that could be. I mean, listen, Kim and Peter, that's not even in my radar. Like, I can't even consider that as a possibility. Chloe is not with anyone right now that we know. Kylie and Travis, who knows? I feel like they're kind of just going to be in this state for the end of time. Like, maybe they'll never actually get married. I think they will, but it just doesn't feel like right now is the time for that. So, yeah, I guess I would say Kendall and Devin or Corey and Chris. I always, like leave Kylie and Travis out of the conversation for some reason. Like I never go straight to them for who could be married next, but like they have two kids together. They seem to be in a really great place in their relationship. It could totally be then. That would be a grand event. That would be like over the top. I know in in theory it could be them, but they've just been in this state of like kind of being together, kind of not, maybe in an open relationship, maybe not, that nobody really knows. Yeah. I kind of hope they get married, not because not because I care that much about their relationship. It's not that. I just think it would be like the top wedding of all time almost. Oh my God, what a time that would be, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to mention? No, I think that's it. I mean, I am just so happy that we got this wedding content and that it came out in the way it did and we could all have this weekend to just really delve into all of this and examine every single piece of it. And I just... Honestly, I hope we get to do the same thing for an LA wedding. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I think we will because this was the sacred one. The other one's just a party. Which is almost more fun. Totally, totally in terms of our content. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's it. As a reminder, we are off next week for all three episodes. And we got a DM from this listener, Alexandra, who said, I can't believe you guys are taking off next week. I'm literally due. And I was looking forward to listening to your podcast to get me through it. So I am so sorry (laughs) that we won't have new content for you, but I know everything will go very smoothly. And (laughs) thank you for choosing us in one of the most intimate moments of your life. And that's it. We love you guys. She should name her baby Julie. She should name her baby. (laughs) If you're listening, name your baby Julie. You actually name it Alexis. I was going to say, you've been trying to change your name to Alexis for like 10 years. How are you going to tell someone to name it Julie? Name your baby Alexis Julie, maybe. Okay. Alexandra, if you're listening. (laughs) Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. And thank you for listening and letting us do this. And we'll see you later this week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you 
or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 